I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. May I have your attention, please? Now, taking the airwaves on 97.3 The Fan, San Diego's own, Gwen and Chris. Featuring Tony Gwynn Jr. Booty, 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 booty rocking everywhere. And Chris Ello. None of them are like the Ice Princess or whatever. <laughs> ice Princess. Gwen and Chris starts now on 97.3 The Fan. Gwen and Chris, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello. Right smack dab in the middle of Chris versus the fan. So guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We're going to hop right back into it. Can we just try to detail to everybody just how angry Scraby is, though, right now? Yeah. I'm loving every second of this. I I really don't like to get the questions right in terms of, you know, I feel for the fans. I want them to win the prize. Right. But I have to go for it just to make Scraby angry. Well, I mean, who doesn't know that Forrest Gump played for Alabama, so... Oh, okay. Now you're going to start making fun of our callers? <laughs> this hour... That's a smart thing to do, Scraby. <laughs> the people who pay your salary, you're going to start to make fun of them. I think they up. all agree with me on this Alabama thing. That's It's possible that you don't recall uh, the movie Forrest Gump. It came out in 1994, I believe. It's 25 years old. I mean, it's it's on know. TV every day. This hour is brought to you by the Del Mar Racetrack, just so you guys know. It's on TV every day. Okay, then everybody should know where he went. Every Wednesday at Del Mar is free and easy. Get stretch run admission, free program, and a free seat. Enjoyed world-famous Brigantine Tacos for just $3 plus $6 Coors Light Pints. Oh, boy. Enjoy yourself at the racetrack, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Terry and Kearney Meso, welcome to Gwen and Chris. Thanks for calling in. Hey, Terry. Terry, you there? I can hear him. Terry! Terry! Terry's going on hold. Terry's back on hold. Corey and Fallbrook, welcome to Gwen and Chris. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, guys. Hey, there he is. All right, here we did go. you know where Forrest Gump played college football? Just say no. Just to I did. tick off. Yes, see? <laughs> he said I did. Oh, he did. Of course he did. <laughs> okay, here we go. First question. What football team did fullback Jim Brown play for? Um, I feel like I should know that. I want the Raiders. All right, well, he knew the Forrest Gump thing, but not knowing Jim Brown played for the Browns is not going to work. <laughs> oh, well, okay, we're, we're done. <laughs> Good thing his name isn't Jim Raiders. All right, well, let's move to the next contestant. Uh, Mike in Ramona. Hey, hey guys. Hey, Mike, thanks for calling in. Hey. Hey. All right, Mike, let's, let's get so to this first question. Take this thing down. Let's go. Multiple choice question here. 
How did current Broncos and former Ravens quarterback Joe Flacco score his first touchdown? Was it D, fumble recovery for a touchdown? Was it C, receiving TD? Was it B, a passing TD? Or was it A, a rushing TD? Um, Jeez, I got to go with passing, I guess. Passing. Passing TD, he says. Is incorrect. Mm, what are the other three choices? Rushing, fumble, or what? Receiving. Uh, receiving. That also is incorrect. Ah, mm. good job. You stay Mike there. is still alive. What did he do? Recover a fumble? No, he rushed a touchdown. Oh, okay. Big deal. It was a 38-yard reverse. Wow. Reverse? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't just a regular. No joke. How does a quarterback do a reverse? It was like a flea flicker reverse crazy He, he has play. only played for uh, John Harbaugh, right? Until now, yeah. Well, until, was, he hey, John, John's not afraid to pull out some trick plays. No, but I'm you? just trying to I'm trying to picture a play in which a quarterback runs a reverse. Uh, double, I can see a wide double, receiver or a running back. But probably one of those double reverse type things. Double reverse. All right. Here we go. Question number two. What active NFL player leads the league in career rushing? Uh, Frank Gore. Bingo! That is correct. That is a player right there. Mike is on. Yeah, we have a player. I wouldn't even have got that, and he played for the Dolphins last year. Uh, What's our prize today? (laughs) Uh, uh, Dodgers-Padres tickets. Dolphins-Dodgers tickets. Yeah, Dolphins. (laughs) Nobody's going to go see that game. All right, Mike. For the Dodger-Padre tickets, question number three. I'm nervous. Which country... Did Xander Bogarts represent in the World Baseball Classic? This is a good number. Oh, geez. Um, this is just going to be a complete guess. Canada? Canada. Eh? Eh? It's incorrect. <laughs> Chris, for the steal. I have no idea why I'm going to say this. The Netherlands. Are you kidding me? That's correct. I'm looking at Joe Flacco's Mike, first touchdown. It was on a reverse. That was my reaction just now. That sigh. That uh, that's, that's pretty. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. Great place for competing. Xander Bogarts played for the Netherlands. He did. <laughs> he did. Thomas must have told me that like in my sleep someday or something. I don't know how in the world I would even remotely know that. I don't either. It just popped into my head, and I thought I'd go with it. Garrett and Escondido, you're on Gwen and Chris for calling in. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. Let's get to this first question. What team was Bradley Cooper's character a fan of in the movie Silver Linings Playbook? The Eagles. Yes, he was. That is correct. Question number two. He and Mike Trout both. (laughs) Who was the first player ever drafted? By the Carolina Panthers. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough one. Vic Delhomme. Who? Vic Doyle. You said Jake DeLome. Oh, Jake DeLome. Oh, good guess. That is incorrect, but that is a good guess. Jake DeLome helped me win a fantasy football championship one year. Yeah, he had one hot (laughs) season of uh, fantasy uh, playoff action. I remember that. All right, I know their first quarterback was, but I don't know if he was their first. First draft choice. So that's uh, that means out of college or because he didn't say his expansion pick. Nope. 
So the but first, this is a Scraby question. So yeah, you never so Scraby could have screwed it up. Uh, stay there. Uh, who is this, Garrett? I think you're in good shape, Garrett. Yeah. I don't know who they drafted first. Um, I'll just say Kerry Collins, but I know that's not it. <laughs> I know that's not it, but it is it. What? Kerry Collins is correct. No, he was the first one they got in the expansion draft from the from another team, but he wasn't their first draft choice. That is a draft choice, though. Well, you're splitting hairs, and All Garrett right. paid the price for it. <laughs> We're at break. We <laughs> nah, that's not that's that that's. I mean, go well, ahead. Uh, Can we do one more, please? Just let us do yes, one. Yes, but more. we have breaking news, like real breaking news. Is not, this not going to be Joe Mara retiring? No, 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 lines, no, no. There's been a move made by the Padres. Okay, let's bring in your breaking news uh, after the break. Okay, well. Right, welcome back, Gwen and Chris. 6.18 the time. We have some more uh, Chris versus the fans coming up for you. But first, as Scraby promised, some breaking news, which is coming to you. Uh, this is breaking news. Now. 97.3 The Fan. And the fans' breaking news is powered by Radio.com Sports. Brought to you by Indeed. Post a job today at Indeed.com slash hire. We checked with Scraby to make sure that this was actually worthy of breaking news, and we agreed that it is. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Go ahead. Oh, me? Yeah, break it. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is headed to the 10-day IL with a back injury. Yeah. Uh, that's that's obviously not good news. It's breaking news, but it's not good. But I'm not stunned, I must say, based on what... Again, I was trying to read between the lines, Andy Green, talking about him earlier today. I felt like if he was going to just miss today's game, which he did, and then be back on Friday, Andy Green would have said so. But Andy Green said, we're going to sort through some, th- some things, and that's about all I got to tell you right now. That kind of made me feel like the back spasms might be a little worse than just a one-day thing. So, 10-day IL. thing that always worries me about those things, Tony Gwynn Jr., is that it'll be longer than 10 days. 10 days is the minimum that he has to sit out, right? Right. So it doesn't mean that in 10 days he's automatically back. Hopefully he it's, will be. It'll probably it'll actually be nine because it's retroactive to the day because he didn't play. So okay. that, his day will count towards that. But you know the way the Padres have played it this year with their pitching staff and with everything else, they are going to be beyond careful. They'll be careful, but there's a little more at stake than some extra innings here. This is this is a, a rookie of the year. I know. This is a, a, I mean, he's about almost 20 points out right now from a batting title. But all these things are within range. I'm sure that will be calculated in this whole matter. But I think it's part of it, but I think you got to be careful because the rookie of the year is a nice thing to win, but there's a lot of phenomenal Hall of Fame players that didn't get anywhere close to winning rookie of the year. And uh, you don't want to take any chances with this kid yeah, but just I mean, to get him back so he can try and win Rookie of the Year. Backspaz, I don't know if backspazzles have ever turned into being something catastrophic over it. Remember, off-season, you haven't seen off-season, my back lately. You know, <laughs> for a 20-year-old, I should oh, say. For a the the offseason is right around the corner, too. And listen, I don't think they're gonna, never going to put him out there if he can't play up to his abilities. Yeah. But you're probably right. They'll be a little careful. They'll be sure. careful. Hopefully uh, it'll just be a 10-day or, as you said, 9-day thing, and Fernando Tatis Jr. will be back in the lineup. But that is the breaking news at this hour. Padres do place uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. on the injured list. Uh, the other breaking news, and this is actually uh, almost more surprising than that, is that I looked up the Carolina Panthers' first-ever NFL draft choice. This is breaking news. And Scraby was actually correct. 
they did draft Kerry Collins out of Penn State. I thought that they got him in the uh, expansion draft from another team, but Scraby, you were right on that one. And I'm finally, yeah, it's finally is right because you're not right very often. But you got that. Well, that wasn't nice. Anyway, Chris versus the fans continues. Uh, We got full phone lines, Tony. Somebody wants to win these Dodger Padre tickets, so let's see if we can find a winner. All right, Pete in Imperial Beach. Welcome to Gwen and Chris. Thanks for calling in. Hey, Pete. Hey, guys. How's it going? We're going well, Pete. Here we go. First question. Where did Michael Crabtree play college football? Texas Tech. Texas Tech is correct. Guns up. Guns <laughs> up. All right, question number two. Patrick Mahomes was the second player of all time to throw 50-plus touchdowns in over 5,000 yards. Who was the first quarterback to do it? Oh, wow. Uh, with Manning, uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton uh, Manning is correct. Good job. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Pete's ecstatic. All right, here we go. Question number three for the Dodger Padre tickets. Which quarterback started the most games? For the Ravens in 2007, the year before Joe Flacco took over. Oh, wow. Uh, Ravens. Sheesh. Uh, Come on. Need an answer. Uh, What was the the quarterback who played for Cincinnati? Uh, Gosh. We need an Uh, answer. Yeah, you got me on that one. Uh-oh, mm-hmm. Chris. You might. You get got it. me on that one is incorrect. <laughs> Not correct, Chris. All right. Um, I don't think he was still there, but the only answer I have is Trent Dilfer. Pete, you got yourself some tickets, young Yay! man. Yay! <laughs> All right, Pete, you deserved it, Pete. Pulling that Peyton Manning Hang on the line, out. and uh, Thomas will take care of you. Who did the Ravens have? I had no idea. The answer? So Kyle Bowler. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Well, we could have guessed for a couple of hours. You know who was also on that team? Steve only reason McNair. why I knew that, yes, that is what Bo guessed over here. And McNair? That was also Oh, McNair. Incorrect. Yeah. He, was, he wasn't uh, he there He made long. a brief appearance yeah. there at the end of his The career. year before that, he started all, all 16 games, and they went 13-3. and three. I did my research today, guys. Wait a second. McNair started for Baltimore? In 2006. And they went 13-3 and three with yes. McNair. But 2007, I think he played six games, and then Kyle Bowler did the rest. I see. Steve McNair, uh, you know, rest his soul, was yeah. uh, a, a winning quarterback wherever he – I mean, he he won a lot of games. I don't know what his career games. record was, but, man, with Tennessee, he was a winner everywhere. And remember, he came from Alcorn State. Alcorn State, that's I mean, right. one of those little tiny college guys that they said, ah, he'll never – he can't make it to the big time. Steve McNair proved them all wrong. He did. That was a shame to, for his life to end so soon. All right, good job, Pete. You win the uh, – Chris versus the fans tickets. Piece of cake. Giving those away today. Huh, Scrape? Oh, my Scrape. By the way, I, you know, I, know, I know Pete won, but ultimately you've been dominated three days this week. Three I, days. I, I think He's literally dominated you. I think some of those questions were pretty good. They, no, well, you, they were good. They weren't good enough, though. I, oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> 
Don't could, challenge him. I could help myself. He's going to start digging in the back of his cricket book <laughs> and coming oh, yeah. up with, there he goes. Oh, yeah. Cricket. Uh, he's going to just with? flood it with more multiple choice questions. Yeah, those are do. really, really tough. I mean, some of those are just deep left field. Are those, is that the sound? That's, that's his cricket yeah. book. Oh, was that questions? <laughs> that was his cricket book. Yeah, that was my cricket. Oh, that's pretty funny, Scraby. Uh, all right, uh, Padres over the Rays today, seven to two. If you're just tuning in, uh, Luis Urias, three more RBIs. Uh, so, and he's now your shortstop because uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, just announced uh, within the last ten minutes has been placed on the. 10-day injured list. Uh, I have to update. Is there any more mis- to that? There's because- misinformation. He is likely, it's reportedly, he hasn't actually been put on that. So I saw some of the, I saw some trusted sources here. But why this. didn't you say that sources were saying it? We need to be accurate at least as much as we can. Here's a tweet from Kevin AC. Okay. Back spasm that caused... Shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. leave Tuesday's game and sit out Wednesday will land him on the 10-day IL. Fair enough. The hope is Padres leader in average on base percentage, slugging percentage, will be able to return after the 10 days. That's exactly where I saw this. All right, then why didn't... Okay. Please say it that way next yes, time. Yes, you're right. Because I want to make sure that we don't tell people something that hasn't happened. 100% let, agree. Let all of the other radio shows in the country be the ones to be first and wrong. Let's our show be the one that when we say something, we're right. I agree. Okay? I agree. Uh, that's, it really is important, I think, for me, for us, for our listeners. The, 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 the scary part is I, I, the way it's worded. Makes it seem like he's hurting right now. You yeah. know, like they're hopeful that he'll be able to return. Yeah, yeah. Hope, I, I hope I, he's I'm, all right. I, I mean, it was just, and it, God, it was such a, such an innocent little. He fouled the ball off, and the first thing we thought, I was sitting with Coach John Cantera when it happened, and Andy Green came out, and we thought, but did he foul one off his foot? And then somebody said he fouled one off his knee. And so we thought, all right, that's it. He's just kind of shaking that off. And then he stayed up at the plate, and Andy Green went back to the to the dugout, which is I was the happiest I've been in a while to see Andy Green go back to the dugout. And then he struck out on the next pitch, and then when he didn't run out there for the next inning, you knew there was something to it. Yeah. But uh, it was just an innocent thing, just a swing, really. And, uh, man, that back can go out. We talked about it. You can you – can, people have thrown their back out doing – Less than swinging a baseball bat, yeah. even if you are 20 years old. The back is, is as mysterious as the hamstrings are. Yes. Uh, they, they heal when they want to. Right. Well, we, we just had, I'm going to bring him up again, but Matt Duffy, who was on with us yesterday, he was on the 60-day injured list with a hamstring. Yeah. And it just, you know, it just didn't heal. I mean, he just couldn't get the thing right. So it does happen that way. All right, we've got a big five coming up. And uh, we'll get to that when we return. Short show today after Padre Baseball, and that's good news for Tony Gwynn Jr. Because he's got another job to get to after the show's <laughs> over. 6.34. A little bit later than uh, we usually have this segment. But due to some long baseball games, this is the time slot that it fits in. You need to wait no longer. Here's the Big Five. <laughs> It's now time for the most unpredictable, most wacky, most opinionated segment of the show. I wouldn't brag about it. Gwen and Chris talk about the best of the rest. Great balls, you fire! Ooh, with a twist. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. The Big Five begins right now. Don't panic. 
But there's absolutely nothing to worry about. On 97.3 The Fan. There we are. Breaking in this microphone over here. You mean just turning it on? No, it was on. It was on. <laughs> Trust me, it was on. I see. So it was an operator error on the board, which Clerical means error. Thomas. Thomas's fault. It's always somebody else's fault but Scraby's. Pretty off. I'm, I'm the definition of leader. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with my mouth right now. If you have any Big Five topics, find me on Twitter, at Matt Scraby. But first, I want to start. This isn't actually a Big Five topic, but Thomas brought this to my attention earlier. And when he usually says, oh, this great Patriots story, you know how we all do. We're all like, oh, my goodness. Please stop. But no, this one was actually pretty good because Mike Vrabel, the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, is uh, they're doing joint practices with Tom Brady and the Patriots. So this is the audio of Vra- Brady and Vrabel going at it on the practice field today. It's pretty fun. So that was it, them fighting on the field. I thought that was You're pretty gonna fun. You're going to have to kind of clear up what they were yelling. I didn't hear any of it. Oh, I thought... Okay. I heard the beat, so I assume Vrabel, there was bad language so involved. Brady... Go ahead. No, you, it's yours. It's uh, Mike Vrabel's 44th birthday. They're doing a joint practice, and Brady is walking onto the field, and Vrabel goes, oh, you still walk onto the field, huh? You still walking? Instead of, like, ah, running to his group position. Okay, gotcha. And Brady said, why don't you bleep, mind bleep, your bleep. own your bleeping business? But he was kidding around. No, no, that didn't sound like he was kidding. Oh, he wasn't kidding around. No, no, his the look on his face was... former teammates. Yeah. I figured that they and friends. still got along, yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure that they're fine, but he, the look that Tom Brady gave him was like, hey, bro, this is the field. You don't talk to me like that kind of thing. Does he know if Ray will still rip his head off? Probably. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Well, if Vrabel's willing to do something to win a Super Bowl, then yeah. Yeah, Vrabel's, Vrabel's <laughs> crazy. He's, he's, he's certifiable. Yeah, he said he would cut something off yes, to win know. a Super Bowl. Just move on, please. Okay. All right, I thought that was pretty Number funny. Number five. Another Boston topic. What am I doing? I go Boston to Boston. Chris Sale did something that will forever go down in history until someone else breaks it. But this one is probably going to stand for a while because he is the fastest pitcher to ever record 2,000 strikeouts. He finished with 12 strikeouts in six and two-thirds innings yesterday, allowing five runs on five hits and two walks in a 7-6 Red Sox win. According to the information provided by the team, Sale broke Hall of Famer Pedro Martinez mark by getting the 2,000 strikeouts in 1,626 innings. Pedro did it in 1,711 in a third innings, Randy Johnson, 1,733 in a third, and Scherzer in 1,784 innings. So, Chris, do strikeout records mean as much as they did in the past? Um, I Honestly, other than like somebody like Nolan Ryan with 5,714, which is like 2,000 <laughs> yeah. more than anyone else has. It's ridiculous. I, I think strikeouts personally have always been overrated, but the reason I say that is because when I pitched, I couldn't get any of them. <laughs> so I always felt like, you know what I mean? Like to me, the most important thing is get the guy out. But I'm sure if I had been able to throw a little faster and got some more strikeouts, I would have gone for some more. But uh, I, I do, in a lot of ways, feel strikeouts are, are overrated. I, I understand the analytics part. If you keep the ball from being put into play, there's less chance of it being caught for an out. But, I don't know, soft contact and ground balls are the way I used to pitch, and uh, I stick with that. So I do think strikeouts are a little overrated. And Chris Sale proves it. He's 6-11 and this year with a 4.40 ERA, despite all of his strikeouts. Yeah, he has a bajillion strikeouts. Yeah. Tony, what do you think? Do you think strikeouts mean as much as the past? Strikeout records? Uh, 
Um, <laughs> He's been on the radio for like 33 straight hours. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, they don't mean as much as they used to, I would say. Uh, they seem to be a little easier to come by nowadays. I'm at, I'm not 100% sure if that's accurate, but oh, just, accurate. just from watching, it seems like they're a little easier to buy. Um, yes, so the answer is yes. I think they're a little overrated now. Wow, okay. I didn't. I expect you guys to split on this one, but good answers. I the, the the reality is, I would hate to take that. We're talking about Chris Sell in this particular case, and he's been in the big leagues for what, like 10, 11 years. Yeah. So he wasn't necessarily like all of his strikeouts came when the booming of strikeouts went through the ceiling. No, he can get strikeouts, but, no matter what. You know, so I I, I kind of hesitated because we're talking about him, but in general, yes, the strikeout is definitely overrated because. Everybody's doing it, and it's an accepted practice now, it seems like. It's kind of crazy. For the White Sox, he had 1,244 strikeouts in seven years. And for the Red Sox, he has 763 strikeouts in three years. Right. (laughs) That proves my point. All right. Number four. Uh, Prior to the Phillies-Cubs game Uh, today. That's (laughs) really good radio. (laughs) Stop. I was trying to click. It didn't click. Today's been a weird day, man. Prior to the Phillies-Cubs game today, Phillies right-hander Jake Arrieta told reporters that he will stop pitching this season because of nagging trouble from a bone spur in his right elbow. The 2015 Cy Young Award winner will undergo an MRI uh, tomorrow and then make a final decision regarding season-ending surgery to remove the spur. Here is Jake Arrieta talking about it to the media. liked it to go differently. would have liked to obviously pitch uh, the remainder of the season healthy. It's just uh, something that I really couldn't control. Um, The spur stayed pretty dormant for seven or eight years and uh, decided to give me trouble and and get to a size now where uh, this is really the only option for me to get back to uh, the pitcher that I am. Um, And that's okay. I mean, this is just, this is what, uh, what I have to do. All right, uh, Tony, injury aside, has Jake Arrieta been disappointing this year? Yes, but it's largely due to a bone spur that's probably cutting up his elbow. As what does that put. mean? So it's a piece of bone that's basically just floating around in his ah. elbow. And the reason why you can pitch with it, he said it, it, it lay dormant for seven, eight years. It'll lay in spaces where it doesn't actually affect you. But randomly, it, it'll pop up and all of a sudden it's lodged in a place where you can feel it every single throw. And if I'm to be honest... This bone spur thing came out, what, a month and a half, two months ago? And the fact that he got this deep into the season, I think kind of speaks to his effort and his toughness of trying to pitch. I think the reason why it's easier to say, you know what, I'm going to pull out and have surgery now, that team is is struggling at this point. Um, And I think he's gotten to the point where it hurts enough to where he's not actually helpful to the team. So uh, what was his? What was the actual question? Has he been disappointing this year? Injury <laughs> no, aside. he hasn't been disappointing. I don't okay. Think. Chris, what do you think? Well, I don't think he's been all that disappointing, but I'm pretty sure the Philadelphia Philly fans would disagree with that. Um, just comparing him, uh, when he was with the Cubs for five years, he was 68 and 31 and won a Cy Young Award. With the Phillies in two years, he's 18 and 19. So he hasn't even been a 500 pitcher the last two years for the Phillies. I agree with what Tony said, though. He's been pitching through pain and trying his best to help this team win. 
But like I said, the Philly fans aren't going to care. They're going to dis. They're going to boo and be upset with Jake Arrieta's performance. All that right, that is also true. Yes, it is. Number three. There is one team that is really happy they are done playing the Yankees this year, and that's the Baltimore Orioles because Chris said it earlier. The Yankees went 17-2 and against the O's, their most wins versus any opponent in a season since going 17-5 and over the Kansas City Athletics in 1959. Uh, the Yankees' winning streak is its longest against anyone in a season since a 21-game string over the St. Louis Browns in 1927. That's referring to that they, the Yankees have won 16 straight against the Orioles this year. The Yankees also hit 61 homers off Orioles pitching this season and outscored them 151-83. to 83. And Odd Thomas has a great fact about this season's series and will tell us during Odd Baseball Facts with Odd Thomas tomorrow. So keep a lookout for that. But Chris, which is more impressive, the number of home runs the Yankees hit, 61, or the number of wins in a row, 16? Uh, I think the... Well, I'm about winning the game, so winning 16 in a row is more impressive. Uh, 61 home runs in 19 games is a lot. I mean, that's better than three a game. Uh, Glaber Torres hit more, most of those. He had 13 against the Orioles, which is one short of Lou Gehrig's all-time record for most home runs against one team in one season. But it was ridiculous that the Yankees just mopped up on the Orioles like they did this year, and I mentioned it earlier. I know everyone's going to favor the Yankees when they get to the playoffs, but... The Yankees aren't going to get to see the Orioles in the playoffs. And, and they, they built up some big numbers this year, almost like the way the Rockies used to build up numbers at Coors Field. That's how the Yankees built up numbers against the Orioles this year. Yeah. Gigantic numbers. Gigantic. Tony, what do you think is more impressive, the number of home runs hit by the Yankees, 61, or wins in a row over the Orioles, 16? Number of home runs. Oh, interesting. Um because everybody else had the same opportunity to play this same Orioles team in that division. Oh, that's true. Nobody else did. Nobody else did it. Uh, the Yankees are the offense isn't the issue for the Yankees. The Yankees, it doesn't listen. They're nine games up on the Rays, who by the way are 22, 20, or they were twenty one games over five. They're twenty games over five hundred. So they're they're still a good team, even if you t- remove the Orioles completely from their schedule. They're still probably the first place team in that division. Uh, but the homers is more impressive. More impressive. I mean, that's just impressive. Period. It is sixty-one <laughs> home runs is a lot. And the stats that Thomas has sixty-one and what is it? Nineteen games. Uh, yeah. So Labor Torres has half of his home runs against the Orioles. against the Orioles. That's crazy. Thirteen. He's got twenty-six on the year. Wasn't it Gary Thorne, their Baltimore announcer, who yes. finally just came out and said, "Would somebody please dust him <laughs> off and knock him down? <laughs> Stop throwing him the pitch over the plate." And then they would hit another home run, or Torres would hit another home run. They'd show a shot of Gary Thorne in the booth, and he was honestly pulling his hair out, like the 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 uh, television announcer. For they the had uh, Paul O'Neill went over and just gave him a hug the other day. Yeah, the to broadcast. try to make him feel better. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was is funny. Awesome. Yeah, he that did. Was that was funny. Yeah. Hey, if, hey, if you don't know. Who Paul O'Neill, just look up, kick the ball back into the infield. That was a classic. It's on YouTube. It's funny. It's that hilarious. was a classic one. Number two. Gerald McCoy felt slighted by the Buccaneers when they gave his number 93 to Endomican. So, shortly after releasing McCoy, he called himself one of the greatest ever to play. like you didn't do that. <laughs> Gerald McCoy called himself one of the greatest ever play in Tampa, but Hall of Fame defensive tackle Warren Sapp did not like that. Pointing the Bucks never went pointing out the Bucks never went to the playoffs in McCoy's nine seasons in Tampa. Quote, the way I look at it and the thing that kind of threw me sideways was Gerald thinking about how 
now that this organization doesn't have a right to give away his 93 jersey or its business that they moved on. Warren Sapp said this on PewterReport.com's podcast. He went on to say, you know, they moved on. And then he wanted to say that Sapp, Derek Brooks, Leroy Selman, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, nobody wore their numbers. Last time I checked, those were Hall of Famers and champions. We didn't go to one playoff game with McCoy and not one blank division title. So I think he owes some of the, those $100 million back in that sense. So, end quote, that was by Warren Sapp. Tony, who do you side with in this squabble? Ooh, this is tough because Jerry McCoy is my guy. He is your guy. But Warren has some big-time facts behind what he said. Like, And part of me thinks that Jerry McCoy really is probably more upset that they gave his number like right after he left. They didn't even offer him a contract <laughs> yeah. to come back. And they went with Indomitian Sue, and they gave so, him number. So I think that's where his his angst comes from. But Warren's right, man. Like that team was constantly in the playoffs. They won a they won a Super Bowl, right? They yeah, yeah they won a they Super did. Bowl here in San Diego. Who was the coach? John Gruden. John Gruden. Who's John Gruden? Don't know anything about that guy. Who? Oh come on! I'm setting you up. He was, he wasn't in here when we ran. Was he in here when we ran that earlier? Thomas doesn't have the clip of John no. Gruden on Hard Knocks last night. Okay. Never mind. Anyway, I want better execution. Are we clear on that? I want better execution. Yeah. He was I want coach. you to get a little bit pissed off. Yeah, that's that's John not Gruden. Not a lot of people. And the music behind it. Just I, I, I get pumped up, man. Let's go. Let's go. You've been reading about us? Not a lot of people expect enough from us. I'm tired, man. I'm tired of reading about it. It's time for you to stick your foot up somebody's <laughs> I'm going home to watch this again, as a matter of fact. Me too. That's my favorite. Oh, everybody pick it up tonight. That's my favorite. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I think Warren has a, has a case here. He has a case. Yes. All right. Chris, who do you sign Warren with? I think Warren has a case as well, but I, I, I think that he's kind of – to me, he's going about this just to get himself a little attention. Warren Sapp's been a little quiet of late, hasn't said anything outlandish for a few years. So it's kind of time to hear from Warren Sapp again. But I like Warren Sapp, and I agree with Tony that he's right. The Bay Buccaneers uh, were a great team with Warren Sapp and John Lynch and all those guys. And those should be the heroes of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not Gerald McCoy. He didn't win anything in Tampa Bay. And... So to that extent, I do agree with Warren Sapp. Number one. So maybe the worst story of the day. Best story then? According to Matt Mayoko of NBC Sports Bay Area. Could you, could you read this with a little more enthusiasm, please? According to Matt Mayoko of NBCSportsBayArea.com, the 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo threw interceptions on five straight pass attempts in practice today. Today? Yes, today. <gasps> 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan said, quote, the defense did great today, <laughs> and obviously he struggled. You hope to never have a day like this, so when you do that, you hope that you have practiced long enough to give him a chance to play out of it, end quote. Chris, do you think preseason practice is a good indication of where Jimmy G is currently at, keeping in mind that Jimmy G is coming off of a torn ACL from last season? I, I, I like the way you try to throw a built-in yeah. excuse there. Why you? You know, keep in mind he hasn't been on the field in a you long time. You know, it's funny as I didn't even listen to Scraby's question because I knew it was going to be ridiculous. But I do, I, I do honestly. I, I don't like to be sound like I'm remotely on Scraby's side here. Yes. But what happens in uh, in practice and the preseason doesn't practice. really concern me too much. 
Um, you know, but you would think with the with a guy throwing what five straight interceptions in practice, like the last one, he would have just thrown into the ground just to just to break the spell. Seriously. And uh, as I mentioned to you guys earlier off air, I'm just glad this wasn't Ryan Tannehill doing that. Because <laughs> do you remember when he did that with the Dolphins? Yes. And uh, was he did it during the season? And it was a practice, and the and the guys from the taxi squad kept intercepting his passes. And remember, he got mad. He yeah. got, he got oh, really that's mad. Right. Yes, he went crazy. He was like, "Do you know who I am?" And I hope you guys enjoy your your time on the practice squad. And I believe that was when Ryan Tannehill took the lost turn. all hope when the uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. So Jimmy G, he's got to wear it. Come back, throw the ball a little better tomorrow. Try to get it to the right guys. Defense looked great though. So Tony. What do you think? Do you think preseason practice is a good indication of where Jimmy G is currently at? No, I don't, but I think it's so fun to be able to pick on him right now. He has the <laughs> nickname of Jimmy Jesus, and he threw five straight picks on five straight plays. That is hard to do. That is really hard. You don't see these reports coming out of anybody else's camp, by the way. Right. And there's there's other teams actually facing and Nathan Peterman's in a camp. Na- hey. Nathan Peterman had a good little preseason game the other uh, last week. Did he? So uh, yeah, I, I think it's. I don't think it's anything that's indicative of you know what he's going to do moving forward. But I certainly find it fun to talk about. Uh, Peter Mann had five interceptions in that first half against the Chargers. I think two years ago. So he said it was sure against you know. an opposing team. It was not five straight throws. How do you okay. get? How you're do right. you get past that? Like your teammates are going to let you know about that like every day. Hey, remember that one time we picked you off five times in practice? I'm letting them know every day. Well, you know, I've always had a, an issue with uh, training camp practice and football because you go it, when I used to go watch the team formerly known as the Chargers uh, work out, they would complete a long touchdown pass in practice and everybody in the crowd that was there watching would go crazy. And I was always thinking, well, that was your defense. It just got beat for a 90-yard <laughs> right. touchdown. So what are you so happy about? There should be no plot at right. all. You it's kind of like... the same thing as this. I mean – they just got five interceptions. That's great for the defense, but, man, that quarterback, not good for him. He's throwing the ball to the other team like that. Exactly. That's going to be all bad. Yeah, I, let's see him. Let's see if he can match that in the season opener this year. Who are they opening with, Scraby? 49ers. Good, good question. You don't know who right, your own a, team opens with? That's shame. That's like, you know, if you're an American sports fan, you need to know who your football team opens I don't look the at the schedules against. until, like, Scraby. they open with the Buccaneers in Tampa. Oh, so he should have some time because Ndamuk is not going to get Sue might pick off five of his passes. He could. He's that good. He's, Man, the 49ers have a tough schedule. He they gets go, paid enough to do that. I just don't think he's They go to Tampa to start the season. All right, I don't, don't care, care about schedule. what they do. I don't then want their Cincinnati. whole schedule. Two road games in a row? Is what there are we doing here? Is there a one to this big five? That is. Oh, that was number one. Yeah. You've survived another is there a number one? On 97.3 The Fan. Scraby's whining about the 49ers schedule now. I'm sorry I asked you to look it up. You couldn't open against two worst teams, the Buccaneers and the Bengals? The Bungles? The Bengals like, are pretty good. Are they? What? What, what? what gives you that indication? I have a feeling the 49ers are going to start 0-2. Hmm. Well, we know for a fact that what happens in the first three games of a season do not mean anything. 
Except, no, that means everything. Yeah, well, no, no, it means nothing because you win. Uh, I believe it was you that went three and zero last year to start the oh, fantasy league. Oh, is that where we're going? And then proceeded <laughs> to win no more games the rest of the year. I Hope. started out three and zero, was very on top of the world, made everybody know I started out three and zero, and then I decided I was going to lose the next nine straight. No, you didn't decide. We decided for you because we yes. were the ones playing. We had you. enough of you walking around this building going three and zero, <laughs> three and zero. I've learned my lesson. I hope so. I hope you go three and zero this season, and then lose nine in a row again. That would be brutal. That would you know be what? some type of record. Can't really say too much though. There's only I think you're the only one in this room who went to the playoffs last year. We did not have a good. As uh, a, Thomas did a, too. Uh, Thomas did okay, but we did not have a good season as a show last year. No, we, we get, were not good. I'm studying. We got to we got to pick it up again a little bit this year. Really? In the fantasy yes. World. Yeah, we're gonna have to pick it up a little bit. We've been doing none of my us fantasy really drafts this year. I didn't do none of this. I'm, I'm coming to play this week. Speaking this year, of boys. fantasy advice, tomorrow during our full four hour show, we have Yay! our fantasy guy, Bleacher Reports. Matt Camp will be on All at four fifteen. Four fifteen tomorrow. Oh, you do not want to miss that. Back it. That's how you know football's getting close. Yeah, is when Matt's back on the show. Matt Camp, ready to roll, man. He's great on fantasy football. He couldn't save us though. Nope. I mean, he, his, his advice was brilliant. We just couldn't take any nope. of it. And we even asked him like specific questions to our teams, and he still couldn't help us. I know. Speak like, for yourself. He got me back into that bad boy. <laughs> you really did rally. Weren't you like I, I three was, and six? That was horrible, yes. And then you came back and snuck into the playoffs at the last minute. But uh, not only did we do bad as a show, but the league that we were in last year, 10 of the 12 teams were owned by people from this radio station Yet none of the ten of us won the championship. Who ended up winning? The guy from the country station won yeah. it all. John. Oh, John won. John from yes. John and Tammy. Right. John, the guy of the morning show on the country station, won everything last yeah, year. We're going to change it this year. Well, yeah. yeah. He, he was back in this year, so we're going to get a chance to get him back. All right, Tony, go take a rest, at least for five minutes. <laughs> I was about to say. And then go back to it's work. It's going to be short-lived. My goodness. Tomorrow we'll uh, have a full four-hour program. Don't forget Matt Camp at 415. Thanks to Scraby. Thanks to Thomas Andrews. Thanks to Bo from University of Mo. For Tony Gwynn, Chris Sallow, have a great rest of your night, everybody, from all of us at 97 Through the Fame. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.